From the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com, your LA Galaxy are just nine days away from starting off 2016 with their quarterfinal matchup against Santos Laguna on February 24th at Stub Up Center. Without playing a competitive match since they were eliminated from the playoffs in 2015, can this team gel and be ready for some tough Liga MX competitions? We'll discuss the previous preseason match versus San Jose that took place in Las Vegas over the weekend and what this team needs to do to get ready for the CCL. It's all right here on Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, and it all starts right now. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now here are your hosts, Josh Gessman and LA Galaxy insider, Adam Serrano. Hello, everybody. Welcome back after a long off-season for Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. Welcome back to our first show of 2016, getting ready for the LA Galaxy CCL matchup against Santos Laguna coming up in no time at all. The LA Galaxy recently just played a friendly of sorts, a preseason match against the San Jose Earthquakes in Las Vegas, and uh, I wasn't there to cover it, but my good co-host and good friend Adam Serrano was. Adam, welcome back. Happy 2016 to you. Happy 2016 uh, to you, Josh, and to all the listeners out there. Glad, glad to be back. Yeah, I know. It seems uh, it, it, one point, Adam, it seems like it's been a really long time in between um, the last time we did shows or even the last time the LA Galaxy played a competitive match. And at the same time, it feels like no time at all. Uh, it seems like everything certainly is coming to a head here really quickly and uh, everybody's having to get spooled up really quickly. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the CONCACAF Champions League quarterfinal with Santos Laguna is just days away uh, then you have the start of the MLS season, and then the grind really begins. And you can see if the Galaxy uh, can win any silverware this season. Well, well, they do already have one trophy, Adam. I mean, let's not overlook the the awesome piece of hardware that they gathered after their one nothing win over San Jose in Las Vegas. Uh, you were there. Like I said, I was not. I didn't get to see it. This game wasn't streamed. So, first of all, atmosphere in Las Vegas. Um, I imagine there were showgirls. Uh, there were showgirls, um, you know, as, as you'd have to have with being in Las Vegas. So I think that's just par, par of the course. But, you know, it was a very, very good atmosphere. You had a lot of fans out there in the local area coming to see the Galaxy. And I think that they did that, even though apparently the game wasn't, I guess, very well marketed. But, you know, people came out to see some professional sports. You know, that's not something that they have there in Las Vegas. And you could tell that people were hungry uh, to see some soccer. Yeah, maybe, maybe perhaps it lends some credence to the fact that maybe Las Vegas should get an MLS franchise. 
Uh, yeah, you know, I think that right after the final whistle, uh, they had the trophy presentation that, you know, very gorgeous, very relevant uh, bit of hardware. And uh, they mentioned, the, you know, the promoters mentioned they hope that MLS will have, have a team in Las Vegas pretty soon. So. All right. So, so all of that is well and good. Glad that the LA Galaxy got there. Glad there were fans there. Good atmosphere. Not too bad. Everything looks like that went on well. Let's, now let's focus on the game here because obviously we're going to try to glean something from things that maybe don't mean that much, but that's what we've been doing all preseason so far. They're all preseason games. We never really know what we're going to get out of them. So, I mean, the big questions that sort of came up, or at least the big items that that sort of produce themselves after the LA Galaxy win this game is, you know, the lineup and obviously the de- the debut for the LA Galaxy of Nigel DeJong. So I want to ask first is how did uh, DeJong play and uh, how did he look? Uh, you can tell already that, you know, Nigel DeYoung is settled in very well with this Galaxy team. Uh, you know, he's very active from the first whistle playing alongside Steven Gerrard, you know, giving him the freedom to move up with uh, some cover that you didn't really see from, you know, a player like Junior, as good as he is. Um, so I think that in his brief, you know, I think he went 54 minutes uh, in this game, you could see his quality, just the little simple passes that he tried to make to open up some space and take defenders out of the game. He's able to kind of link up going forward and, you know, be that bulldog uh, in the back. So, I mean, I was left extremely, extremely impressed by Nigel DeYoung and what he's able to accomplish, and I'm excited to see what he could do uh, for the full season. Yeah, how was that pairing with uh, Steven Gerrard? You said that he provided the backstop that allowed Gerrard to sort of be able to move forward freely, knowing that there was defensive uh, help behind him, but um, were there combination passes between the two? Did they look like they played together before? Because I sort of got that feeling with Ashley Cole and Steven Gerrard and Robbie Keane whenever I saw them play. Is is, uh, DeYoung going to sort of fit into that same spot where he sort of understands how these guys play? You know, I think that what you want from these players is that you want them to have that sort of combination and connection, and uh, they're able to have that. I think what makes what makes uh, DeYoung so vital and so instrumental is his ability to send passes up that take defenders out of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what Bruce Arena is looking for. And that's what, you know, his, uh, that's what his teammates were saying after the game, you know, Robbie Keane made a point to mention that you know, those little simple passes to Jared that push him up forward and move some defenders out, out of the play, help the guys to create the type of numbers that they want up, so up top, you know, that the types of efficiencies they want to see from their defense. Right. So I think that that's, that's key. All right. So then he also plays in front of Yellow Van Dam. Um, what did you see from that? Is the Galaxy's center, central defense, that uh, De Jong, Van Dam sort of uh, backstop that you have there, is it as intimidating as it sounds? Because it sounded, and I love how I'm going to put sound in quotes, on Twitter it sounded like uh, those two were sort of uh, imposing their will on defense. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that with, with Van Dam, um, you know, he's definitely able to make uh, the big play. Um, you know, he does what he has to do. But he reminds me a little bit of Jaime Pinedo in that he just seems to make the the good play and maybe makes it a little bit more difficult on him than it needs to be. I'd like to see everything kind of 
be a little bit more at ease when he's making these plays, and he can definitely stop anyone. You know, he showed that uh, one up against Isaac, Chris Wondolowski. He did very well there. He was able to make the, the last-ditch tackle. But what I want to see from Van Dam is just maybe a little bit more of a positional awareness. You know, he likes to go up top, which is a strange thing uh, for a defender. Uh, I want to see him a little bit more rooted there so you don't have some sort of issues that maybe we saw in the past with a guy like Omar Gonzalez uh, moving up forward or even Leonardo. Uh, but you can tell that both guys are incredibly intelligent players. Uh, they know what they're doing, and that is going to serve the Galaxy very well because it shows that they have a a group that is very experienced and knows how to handle an opposition. I think that playing the Earthquakes was the perfect team to kind of test this sort of grand experiment out because the Earthquakes are kind of your classic MLS team that try they work very hard, try to go up up the middle um, and be physical with you, and you know the Galaxy passed that test. Yeah, that's sort of that, that. That's sort of the good thing, or at least something that I think we could take from Twitter. Or <laughs> again, it, it's tough to piece this stuff together whenever you don't get to see the games. That's why I'm glad you were there. You get to sort of uh, walk us through this. The only guy who played 90 minutes, Dan Kennedy. No surprising there, uh, or not surprising for the goalkeeper for the LA Galaxy. Uh, someone who I've liked watching in preseason so far. So glad to see Dan Kennedy. Uh, you know, getting all 90 minutes because, quite honestly, this was a game to sort of see how fit everybody was Adam it was sort of to press those minutes and try to get them as close to 90 minutes as possible because in nine days they were going to have to some of these guys are going to have to play 90 minutes regardless so you had Dan Kennedy um sort of do that there was no Leonardo no AJ Delagarza. what was uh what was up with both of those guys and I know AJ was coming back from a foot stomp that he got I think in the TFC closed door scrimmage so uh what's up with Leonardo you know, uh, Leonardo's just kind of dealing with a, a little bit of knee issue. I was told that everything, you know, was fine on, on that regard. Uh, he's expected to play in the closed door scrimmage against the Sounders on Wednesday. Right. I think it was kind of just a precautionary thing. With AJ, he's still dealing with the foot issue. I think the, maybe the only cause for concern is that it is the same foot that he hurt last year. Okay. Um, but, you know, Delgado traveled and was kind of going to be available if they needed him. So that shows you it's probably not as uh, severe as you might worry. And and I've been ranting and raving on and on this, uh, this offseason about the depth this LA Galaxy team has. The fact that you were able to plug in players without AJ Delgado, without Leonardo, um, and, and sort of and, and get a result and, and get a cohesive unit out there is probably one of the things that Bruce Arena has done most masterfully in the offseason is to create that depth pool this time, Adam. I've said it's 28 players deep this time, um, and I think and I think I mean it until I'm proven otherwise, but um, it's more than 11 players this time. It's 18 players, it's 22 players, it's, it's close to 28 players deep. Yeah, and I think that that is uh, the key part of this entire thing that Bruce Arena is accomplishing. You know, I think that the example that I always come back to is uh, the 2013 CONCACAF Champions League uh, semifinal series for Monterey uh, when the Galaxy were ahead after AJ Lagarde's goal and, you know, conceded two goals in the final. I think it was 10 minutes or uh-huh. five minutes of the game uh, to really put themselves in a hole going back uh, to Monterey. And when you look at the players that came off the bench for the Galaxy, the first one to come off the bench was uh, Michael Stevens, you know, a great uh, title of MLS player. You know, he's got, he works hard. He's 
that industry helps them a lot, but you're not exactly the type of quality that you'd want if you're trying to make an attacking uh, substitution. Right. Uh, now, this situation is completely different. You have Mike McGee coming off the bench. You have Jose Villarreal. You have Sebastian Majette and uh, Emma Boateng, who are players who have a little bit more experience at a high level and who are able to score or to do big things in order to create uh, offense. So I think that creating that depth really helps the Galaxy going forward, especially in CONCAP Champions League. But I think that it will pay off uh, as the season goes on when they have to deal with international call-ups and the like and, you know, just general wear and tear. So I think that, you know, Bruce Arena's put the team in a pretty good position heading into this season. Uh, We just have to see if it all works out or if it's just a... a team that works out on paper. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. I said paper paper teams do not win championships today. That was my uh, that was my big quote. Paper teams do not win championships. Uh, Sebastian Legette, you cut you talked about him a little bit. He came in in the 61st minute, got about 30 minutes of play. This was the, the first real action, or at least the real action that any uh, fans have gotten to see from Sebastian Legette. He was had some uh, groin issues earlier this season. How did he look in his 30 minutes? Uh, you know, I think that he looked uh, very sharp uh, in his 30 minutes. You know, I saw the player that he was able to be last year uh, to be dynamic. Um, you know, maybe if he had been there a little bit longer, uh, he would have broken down because he hadn't had that type of experience. He hadn't been playing that much uh, this preseason. Um, but there was a few plays where you could see the Sebastian Legette of 2000. 15, mm-hmm. able to create stuff seemingly on his own and really challenge defenders and be be brave going forward. Um, you know, I think it needs to be a little bit sharper in terms of his connections with the uh, other players. You know, his passing needs to get a little bit better, but that's stuff that kind of comes uh, with time and when you're working with players on a consistent basis. So I think that, you know, Sebastian Jets kind of an interesting position where he's going to, I don't, I don't want to say that he has to win back his spot from Emma right. Boateng, but Emma Boateng, has not done anything to lose his position either. You know, he's been very dynamic, very fast. Uh, his crossing, I think, is the part that needs work. I agree. But, yeah. you know, he's some, someone who gives Bruce Arena a lot to think about. No, I was going to add, that was my next question, is this, this seems like it's the hottest position sort of up for grabs right now for the LA Galaxy is Boateng and Sebastian Legette. Obviously, right now, the, everything's sort of tilted into the, into the Emma Boateng uh, camp just because of Sebastian Legette's injury. So, I mean, you, you sort of look at those two things and, and how they work. And, you know, right now it might be Boateng who gets a start, whether or not that ends up being how it is. Bruce Arena said after, I believe, the uh, Jolos game, Adam, that, the, that he was hoping to get 90 minutes out of those two players. And he thinks that he has a really good chance out of those two players getting 90 minutes. Definitely. I think that no matter how, what position you sort of line them up in, even if you were to add in maybe a Jose Villarreal to that mix as well. Yep. Uh, you're talking about players who can go, who can be dangerous, who can work and show uh, that they can test opposition defenses for a full 90 minutes, no matter the combination. So Bruce Arena has to like what he's seeing from the from that group. I think that I'd expect Sebastian Legette to get some minutes uh, against Seattle in the closer scrimmage, and we can see uh, who's going to be starting against Santos Laguna um, in a couple weeks. Robbie Rogers has made that transition over at right back. So far, Adam, it looks like it's pretty seamless. Uh, there seems to be chemistry, chemistry starting to uh, evolve between Giovanni Dos Santos and Robbie Rogers. How does that look for you? Yeah, you know, I think that Robbie Rogers is very smart uh, going forward. Um, 
I think that against the earthquakes, he wasn't really having his best game. Uh, you know, he was partnering alongside Daniel Starris in the back line, and Starris is still kind of working out the kinks. Right. Um, you know, he's got to get a little bit better in terms of being a everyday MLS center back. Uh, so that left Rodgers a little bit exposed. But going forward, uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing from that tandem. I think that what I want to see a little bit more out of is a guy like Giovanni Dos Santos in terms of his cleanness on the ball going forward. Uh, there was a couple times he, against the earthquakes where he was able to be muscled off the ball, and that's something that he really can't do. He needs, he needs to be a little bit more dynamic. He needs to take defenders on and needs to show that he can go to goal and you know take chances with shots. So I think that I want to see him sort of take another step forward um, and really you know assert himself in these games. But that partnership, I think, is, is very good. And when I look at Santos Laguna and I watch their games, um, wide players definitely have, you know, an advantage uh, yeah. against Santos Laguna. They're kind of susceptible uh, to fullbacks and that sort of wide play. And if the Galaxy can kind of put them in their own end, you know, it's going to be a very good thing for the Galaxy. Yeah, Giovanni Dos Santos has sort of had a quiet preseason so far. And I've seen, I saw the same thing that you said about, you know, being muscled off the ball or, or a little bit maybe a cleanliness in, in his touches or where he's placing passes uh, in the Jolos game. So I agree, it's one of those areas I think that he has to do. But I mean, we, we think, at least I'm thinking, Giovanni Dos Santos, his position is that right midfield position right now. I think Giassi Zardes is definitely going to be the starting striker. Um, you know, scored a goal in this game, which is great. Robbie Keane, uh, you know, really created that goal. Jossie put it in on target. So all that stuff is good. But Giovanni Dos Santos has to sort of start owning that right mid position and be sort of that dynamic playmaker that he was brought in to be as a designated player. Yeah, you know, I think that this is a big season for Giovanni Dos Santos, and he's someone that I still believe should be considered one of the best and most talented players in MLS. I think what you want to see now is that production. You want to see him produce on a consistent basis and uh, really show himself to be, you know, as talented as we all know that he can be. You know, I think the Galaxy are kind of in a position right now where Robbie Keane uh, is the man. Robbie Keane's able to produce and score, but I want to see Giovanni Dos Santos take that leap and become that next person because we never know how long Robbie Keane is going to be in Los Angeles, how right. long he's going to keep playing. Uh, but we want to see Giovanni Dos Santos take that next step. And if he can take that next step, the, the Galaxy look pretty darn unbeatable. Yeah, maybe China wants Robbie Keane too, and they want to spend, you know, millions of dollars for that. I mean, you know, this I'm, I'm kidding, of course. But at the same time, the time frame for Robbie Keane to stay on this team is dwindling, and everybody should understand that, and you should be prepared for that. I'm not saying it's the end of this season. I'm just saying that he's 35 years old. Uh, it's coming to an end here shortly, a lot shorter than uh, than people probably want it to happen. But um, So now we look at the CCL with Santos Laguna. What is the biggest issue right now for this LA Galaxy team? For me, it's the offense and not seeing the offense really click, although certainly they did play, they scored a goal against San Jose, and defense does somewhat uh, run the preseason as it goes. But um, this is this seems like a team or an offensive team that's sort of still struggling to, to to fit all the pieces together. And granted, the pieces haven't been there all that long. You know what? I think that the first and first and foremost, it's it's about fitness. Um, it's always going to be about fitness and. That is the key right now, and that's what you. That's what Santos Laguna is. They're fit. They're in midseason form. That's always going to be the challenge. Yes, it's a cliche, um, but 
it's it's just the truth, and it's what this team's going to have to deal with. And if they end up losing, it's going to be the first thing that comes out of Bruce Arena's mouth, out of Robbie Keane's mouth, out of Steven Gerrard's mouth. They have to get their fitness up. Uh, they have to be a little bit cleaner on the ball. They have to be a bit sharper. And if they can do that, then you're going to have success against uh, a Santos Laguna team that I think uh, is very beatable. Um, but without that, you know, it's not something that they can they can do and they can't succeed. So, I mean, you want to see a little bit more from, from everybody. You want to see that sharpness. You want to see uh, them have the, make those connections. But, you know, first and foremost, they have to get fitter. I mean, like I've said, I expect people to go 90 minutes against Seattle and right. we'll see how that does, how they do afterward. But, you know, that's, that's the key. Yeah, we're we're nine days away from uh, CCL. We're recording here on a Monday night on February fifteenth. So, um, you know, CCL is just so it's so close. It's so close. People need to realize how close it is. Uh, if you don't have your tickets already, that's something you need to do. LAGalaxy.com forward slash tickets. Um, that's where you can find your information there. Okay, so I, I get your fitness side, but ultimately, the LA Galaxy can't sit back and expect a 0-0 draw at StubHub Center on, you know, on a Wednesday night in Southern California to help them progress whenever they have to go down to Torreon and and play and, you know, have to win a game in in order to go through or, you know, or tie a game 1-1. I mean, we could go through all the scenarios, but they have to understand that that they have to win this game at StubHub, right? I mean, you you have to. You they have to do that. They have to win, they have to show uh they can win by multiple goals. And you know, when you look at the Santos Laguna team, uh, they're definitely susceptible in the back. I think that's that's their worst part. That's that's something that that is a liability for this team. They're a team that likes to attack first and then ask questions later. So, you know, when you put a team like that against the Galaxy, you like to think that the Galaxy can put some goals in the back of the net. Um so, you know, I think I like I like the Galaxy's chances, especially after I've seen you know, De Young seeming, seemingly uh, integrate himself with it immediately. I'm seeing good things from Ashley Cole and uh, Joe Van Dam, as well as Emmanuel Boateng. Um, if the goals come, uh, this is a team that I think can get through to the semifinals and play either Club America or Seattle Sounders FC. So you know that going into that game, I know that Bruce Arena is thinking this as well. They have to win, and ideally – they want to win by multiple goals because they don't want to have to do what they did in 2013, which is going back to a place, you know, either down or do what they did in 2014, which is, you know, have a slim lead and then really see it evaporate in seconds. So, you know, Bruce Arena has talked about this, the Champions League time and time again, they can't keep shooting themselves in the foot. And that's honestly what the Galaxy have done pretty much every single time they've been in this tournament. Right. They've found a way to shoot themselves in the foot and, you know, they they can't do that this time around if this team wants to eventually win the CONCACAF Champions League. Well, for all the talk of the older players that Bruce Arena brought in and how there are some guys, there are three guys who are over 35 years old on the roster. Um, for all that talk, there's really no excuse for, for being quote-unquote old at the very beginning of the season right now. I mean, if anything, it's the fitness hasn't been there because of the offseason, but you have guys like uh, De Jong and even Ashley Cole, who was training with Roma, um, those guys are ready to go as far as, you know, their their bodies should be pretty healthy and they should be ready and raring to go. There is no no being old here in the first two games uh, in the CONCACAF Champions League. As you go down and the grind of the MLS season sort of comes out, then that's sort of 
sort of a different uh, story, and we'll have to see how Bruce approaches that and wh- how he rotates the squad. But ultimately, first game, second game, these CCL games in the quarterfinals against Santos Laguna, there's there's really no excuse besides the fact that this team is made up of a lot of parts that hasn't really played any competitive matches together. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a process, and that that's what the preseason is. And I want to say, though, that I think that this group is kind of coming together maybe a little bit faster than, than past teams. And I think that, you know, that's probably owed to the fact that these players are so familiar with one another. You look at, you know, guys like Robbie Keane, Steven Gerrard, and Ashley Cole, who know each other very well. Uh, Yella Van Dam and Nigel DeYoung were, were former teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have a good group of young players who know each other, have are good friends, and you have, you know, veterans like Adrian Lagarza, you know, just that are good people. And that, seem to mesh very well that have brought in players like, you know, Dan Kennedy really into the fold. And so I think that this group uh, is becoming a unit and that's something that, you know, maybe in 2015 that the galaxy weren't. And if they can do that, I, I like their chances to sort of come together and to succeed. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. All right, uh, the LA Galaxy face off against Santos Laguna Wednesday, February twenty fourth, twenty sixteen, seven p.m. Pacific time at StubHub Center. That's the first leg, and then on Tuesday, March first, they will head down to Torreon uh, to play against Santos Laguna in the return leg of that CCL quarterfinals. So a lot of fun soccer coming up and stuff that means something right away. So we don't just get to ease into it with DC United on the twentieth. Or excuse me, on March 6th, there's 20 days left, that's where I got that. On March 6th, this is a an LA Galaxy team that is going to have to do, uh, you know, some of their best soccering uh, right off the very bat. So Adam, any uh, any closing thoughts on the LA Galaxy before they play in this preseason and obviously just nine days away from CCL? Uh, you know what, I think that every Galaxy fan has reason to be confident about how this team's going to do. Uh, you know, like I said, fitness is, is the big key, but... Uh, things really seem to be looking going in the right direction. I think that's not that's not something that you've generally said uh, every single time the team's been in the Concacaf Champions League. So that's a good sign. And you know, lastly, you want to see every Galaxy fan be at that Santos Laguna game. If you bought tickets to an MLS Cup, uh, you know how important certain matches are. And this is essentially an MLS Cup to start the season. And the Galaxy kind of need every single person to be there and to be supporting them. So. If Step Up Center, you know, isn't sold out, I think that's that's a major loss for the team. You want to see every person kind of come out there and uh, support this group. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting. Midweek games, especially CCL games at 7 p.m., not particularly strong draws. But uh, quite honestly, I think as an LA Galaxy fan, if you know anything or if you listen to the show, I know you're a good LA Galaxy fan. You'll be at this game if you possibly can. All right. If you're looking for LA Galaxy Insider on Twitter, it's at LA Galaxy Insider. And of course, you can go ahead and write, find all of his stories lagalaxy.com forward slash insider alright uh, I think that about does it for us today uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else exciting going on we will have another live show on Thursday night Thursday night your calls will be taken your questions answered all that fun stuff will be coming up on Thursday night that, that show will kick off live at 7pm we hope you'll join us there cornerofthegalaxy.com forward slash live All right, for LA Galaxy insider Adam Serrano, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's great to be back. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. 
And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backheel.com. Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.